Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast, helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and Zeke. This week, we're going to be talking about confidence. Ben, tell us, why is confidence so important? You know, as, just as a coach, you know, we've all seen confident athletes. We've seen athletes that walk out onto the court or the diamond of the field just knowing that they're going to be successful. And unfortunately, we've also seen athletes get rattled and lose that confidence. Uh, but it's, it's not just an opinion that coaches have. There have been studies done since the 1960s uh, when, you know, like Russia was trying to gain an edge uh, with their Olympic athletes and started doing research into people that went into shooting baskets, uh, throwing darts. There have been studies done on lifting weight, running certain distances on a track. It, it doesn't matter which of these studies you look at, they all come to the same conclusion that when you go into some activity with positive expectations, or you could say a, a belief in yourself that you're going to be successful, that there's always that increased performance. And the exact same is true in all these studies. Athletes that were kind of primed um, with negative expectations, there was a decrease in performance. Yeah, I've seen this uh, coach and track. I watch guys that go get into the blocks at the start of a race, and you can just tell this guy is confident. He's going to go out there. He's probably going to win or be in the top three just by his body language alone. Absolutely. That shows so much. Right. Uh, just how are they holding themselves, and that's where they're probably going to finish because of all of that confidence. So we know confidence is important. There's no questioning that. What tools, Ben, are there that we can use right now to develop more confidence in ourselves or our players or our kids, whatever it might be? Number one, deliberate practice. Um, you can't fool your brain. There is no shortcut around hard work. One of the guys I coach with, Josh Miracle, says you cut corners, you cut confidence. And that part of your brain that's going to ultimately be responsible for whether or not you're confident mm -hmm. is going to know if you were taking plays off, taking reps off. You didn't really work that hard and you haven't earned that right to be confident. Um, James Clear talks about deliberate practice. And I'm just going to ask you a question. Um, of these two players, player A and player B that okay. I'm about to describe, which would be the better shooter after, let's say, 100 hours? All so right. player A goes in takes 200 practice shots, has somebody there to retrieve the shots, maybe a coach writing down or jotting down a record of shots made, shots missed, whether they missed long, short, good right, left, absolutely. Okay. Um, versus player B, who goes into the gym for that same hour, shoots 50 shots, kind of retrieves his own ball, dribbles around leisurely, takes several breaks. I mean, so like just an open gym kind of experience? Sure. Okay. Which one's going to be better after 100 hours? Well, I'd say player A who's focused and really focusing on getting better at certain right. activities. Right. And that, that's easy. So that that's deliberate practice. Just going in with, with clear intentions. Okay. Now, it makes me think back uh, about when playing sports where you have one game, like let's say in football, you're going to play for maybe 60 minutes once a week and you're going to practice for two hours every day leading up to that well the practice is way 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 more important uh leading up to the game so what are you doing getting up to the game if you pour it so many guys just go through the motions uh I, when i played basketball in high school i had a coach that was very 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 hard on us about we're going to practice harder than uh, we ever have, and it's going to make the games easier because we were deliberate about how we practice. And I think that paid off. I think that was it made the games a lot easier and gave us an edge. Absolutely. Uh, one of the guys I coached 
Nick Ferrer was a football player for us. Seven on seven was too easy for him his senior year. That's that's basically just everybody except the linemen. Um, and so instead of just him being able to sit back there and throw the ball around, I would you know toss dummies at his face, or I would stand in front of him, or I would run at him, or I would shove him, try to get him off balance. Just something to make it more challenging. Um, and, and when I wasn't doing that, he, he would recognize it and say, hey, I, I need this. I want you to make it more challenging. Let's be a little bit more deliberate with trying to get something productive out of this. Um, just something to think about. Being intentional with practice. Do you go in with a goal? Do you track whether you achieved that goal? And do you make it challenging? I remember watching Ferrer play. He was an absolute stud, so yeah. it must have paid off. So we've got deliberate practice. We understand that. Uh, what would be the next step or the next thing when it comes to confidence? Second tool would just be controlling what you focus on. So the part of your brain that's responsible for fixing things, a lot of times we'll forget about all the positive things that have happened and really just focus on those one or two negative things that happen. Um, and so we have to force ourselves to think positive and it's good to have a plan ahead of time of how we're going to do that. What are we going to focus on? Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Bell said, came in and talked with our football team one time and talked with those guys about controlling the controllables. Um, what are the things that you have control over? What are the things that you do not have control over? Making sure that you're not focused on things that you can't really control and you can't change because um, those are just distractions. They're not going to help you play better. They're going to take away from your performance. Um, and the, the last one is just focusing on what is important now. All right, so you have you have a part of this brain kind of going back up there where you're talking about what your brain fixes on things called the reticular activation system, which is basically just a nerve pathway in the bottom of your brain. And it, it plays the role of like a filter in your brain. Uh, think of it like you go to buy a new car and once you buy that car and you're on the road, what do you always see? That same Ford F-150. The same one that you're like, everywhere. I've never, I had never seen them. Now they show up everywhere. That's because your brain now, your reticular activation system has set that filter and now you're seeing it. Uh, to think of it in a, in, in a place that fits here with, with, uh, mental training, if you're thinking every morning when you wake up, like, man, I'm just not very good at basketball. I, I just, I don't know if, if I get called on to hit that big free throw at the end of the game, what's well, probably going to happen? Not, not you're going to miss that it. big free right. throw because you set your your brain to feel that way to think, like, I just don't think I can do it. Where on the other side of it, if you set your brain in the morning, you're like, I'm a great basketball player. I know that I can make these shots. I know that. It sets up that that filter in there, and it just leads you in the right direction. And then you start you start focusing on those more and more, and you become better from it day in and day out. Right, and that, you know that plays into the self talk, which we're going to come back to here here in just a, a little bit. All right, so we've got all that with deliberate practice. Uh, we know about being um, intentional on what we are working on. We're getting a goal. Well, it's important right now, controlling what we can control and not getting caught up in things we can't control, weather, bad calls, whatever it might be. The next tool with confidence is what? Body language. Um, just how you carry yourself is going to tie into messages sent to your brain, your central nervous system, and, and even to those around you. Um, studies have been done showing kids as young as like two or three can recognize who's in charge in a room, who's angry and who's happy 
just by body language. Mm-hmm. Um, stand up real fast. I, I know we're in this little, little studio here. Um, stand up. All right, slump your shoulders down. Look down at the floor and say, I'm the greatest player of all time. I'm the greatest player of all time. Feels weird. Yeah, it's a lie. Feel, feel, right. Like get get your head up, stick your chest out, and say, I'm a complete failure. I am no good. I'm a complete failure and I am no good. And if if you do that, it, it just it doesn't seem right. It feels like you are lying to yourself. It doesn't right. feel natural. That that's because for how old are you? Twenty eight. There you go. For yeah. the last twenty eight years. You, you've been saying certain things to yourself and feeling certain way and tying in certain emotions with your body language um, without even you consciously focusing on that. Yeah, I've seen this in the real world, Ben, where like think of just walking down the street. You're lost and you're in some city. And who are you going to ask for help and directions? You're going to ask this guy that's kind of crouched down that... It's like, well, even if he does know what he's talking about, I'm probably not going to trust him. Whereas if you see somebody with good posture walking down, maybe with a smile on their face, they're probably going to know where they're at. They're going to be able to give us directions where to go. And we have no idea of the intelligent level of these people. But that guy just looks like he's carrying himself better. He's probably going to know what's going on. Right. And the same with the, the story that you told me the other day about the waitress that you had. You guys had never been to the restaurant, but exactly. because the waitress was so confident in, oh, you're going to love this, this, and this, it ended up being a great experience for you guys. Right. We we had never been there, like you said, and we walk in, we sit down, it's kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to ask this lady what's good, and she, and well, I'm going to trust her on it. And what we got was wonderful. If it would have been a different experience where she was kind of just slouched down there, wasn't making good eye contact, uh, didn't have a smile on her face, and was all happy probably wouldn't have trusted her with whatever she would have told us. We would have gone another route, uh, but she was great at her job. And I think a lot of it just started with being confident. Right. And we, we see this all the time in ourselves. You know, I am not naturally good at having good body language on the golf course. <laughs> there have been time, And I, I teach this stuff all the time. Like I get paid to work with athletes to teach them how to have good body language so that it doesn't take away from their confidence, but I still need that reminder. So as coaches, it's going to be important. We're going to have to work with our athletes. Maybe that's your quarterback throws a pick. And you've got to teach him to get his head up and jog off the field. Your golfer misses a putt and you get, or a duffs a chip, and you need to tell them to get their head up, find something high, look at it, and walk up to that next shot. Like, you know what? It's fine because I got this one. Or it's your pitcher who walks a batter and instead of slumping his shoulders and have a pity party for himself, gets ticked off. Wipe, forget, forgets about that one, wipes it out of his mind, and moves on to the next batter. I've had lots of opportunity to practice this on the golf course <laughs> as I walk from one side of the rough to the other side and I search for my ball. There you go. Uh, it's lots of opportunity to practice it to just keep working on it. And it's a day in, day out. You just got to keep working on it to get better. So we've covered deliberate practice, focus, body language. Those are all very, very important. Uh, the next tool, Ben, what do we have? Um, self-talk. So you have about 2,500 thoughts per hour. All we know is there's going to be that voice in the back of your mind that is going to be saying things. Everybody's got it. Um, that's either going to be building confidence or it's going to be tearing you down. And a lot of my athletes will just listen to that voice in their head say, I don't know if you can do this. I don't know if you have what it takes. And instead of listening to that voice, what we want to do is teach them how do you talk to yourself? 
Um, and so we'll come up with go-to statements where we say, this is what I know I am good at and what I know I am confident in. Mm-hmm. So for one of my quarterbacks, that was, I put in a whole lot of time and I put in a whole lot of work. And that part of your brain that's going to be responsible for, do I really feel confident? It, it feels confident in that. Mm-hmm. He, he knew at the end of the day that he put in time in the film room and he put in work. And then that second part can be, I'm the best quarterback in the state. And that part of your brain that's responsible for confidence, at first, kind of like, nah, I, I don't really know about that. But right. when you pair the two together, um, that's where that, that psychological tool kind of comes into play. I put in the time, I put in the work, I'm the best quarterback in the state. Just having something positive ahead of time that you can say to yourself, that you can focus on, is going to be helpful. And, you know, to be honest, if, if you've got nothing, just come up with something to keep that, to talk to yourself rather than listening to that voice in your mind. So my example for that, uh, I'm not a little guy. MRI machines aren't a real yeah. big space. And so you guys wouldn't get along too I would well. no, I was it was like being stuffed into a sausage as they put me into this <laughs> MRI machine. And I was freaking out. I didn't like it. Like I, I wouldn't say I had an anxiety attack, but my palms were sweaty. I was a little shaky. I was nerve I had butterflies in my stomach. That voice in the back of my mind was saying you're going to die in here. You're going to get stuck. They're not going to be able to get you out. This is a tight space. You shouldn't be in here. And I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I, so I just started going with, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Except it was more like, I can do all things Christ strengthens me. I can do all things Christ strengthens me. I can do all things Christ strengthens me. Just, I, I picked out a Bible verse that I had in the back of my mind and started saying it over and over and over and over. And about 15 minutes later, I, I kind of stopped and it was like, hey, this is actually working. Uh-huh. Like I, I started to feel a little bit more calm, a little bit more confident, and yes, this is going to be okay. I'm not going to die in the little stuffed sausage machine. And as soon as I quit, I'm not kidding, it was it was within seconds, all of a sudden I got that feeling, my, my chest was just, my heart was beating out of my chest, I got butterflies in my stomach, my palms got sweaty. And so that, you know, I've experienced just firsthand the power of self-talk, being able to shut up that voice in the back of your mind that's telling you you're not going to be okay and say, no, we got this. I can see that for myself with uh, on a mirror that you go in every morning, you brush your teeth, you're getting ready, you have your mirror right there. All of us have that. And I would get a dry erase marker and just write on that board or write on the, on the mirror uh, for myself, it was, I am a great coach. I will be a great coach. And I just kept repeating that. And I'd say it multiple times as I'm getting ready. And then I walk out the door and now that self-talk's kind of ingrained in me for the day. And it helps me out getting ready to go again, setting that reticular activation system. I'm focused on that. I'm seeing things right. that stick out that, Hey, I, that was a good, that was a good coaching point that I made there. That was a good, uh, good way of coaching that yeah. kid, whatever it might be. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're paying attention to. Right. Now. And so it just sticks out and then it just keeps to um, build off of there and getting better and better. And I, I like the idea of the putting it on the mirror. Um, something, Another tool that we do with our guys is a success board, um, which is just a visual representation of why you have earned the right to be successful. Kind of like the elementary science fair boards? Yeah, there you go, yeah, like that. Yeah. Or in, in my wife's case, it looks like something straight off of Pinterest. <laughs> um, but... My wife's an assistant principal at an intermediate school, fifth and sixth graders, and she had a couple parents come in and basically tell her that she was the worst thing that ever happened to their family, 
and that she should quit her job because she was ruining kids' lives. Um, you know, some kids made some bad decisions, had some out-of-school suspension consequences. Parents weren't happy about it, and they let her know. Um, she came home just in tears saying things like, I just don't know if I'm having a good impact anymore. I, I don't know if, if I can do this or if I should do this anymore. And it was like, honey, what, what are you talking about? Like, what about that kid last year that said that sent you this letter um, saying how, thanks for not giving up on me. You changed my life forever. What about yeah. the teacher that sent you that email that was thanking you for doing this, that, and the other, helping her out? What, what about all these parents that called you and left you a positive voicemail and said, hey, this happened. I thought you handled it well. Thanks. Um, and so in her true Pinteresty own way, she started cutting those things out or hanging up those pictures or hanging up those notes or just little reminders of, yeah, you know what? I, I am pretty good at my job. I, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. So that when somebody comes in and something tries to rattle her confidence, she can look at that. It's, it's kind of like a visual go-to statement or positive self-talk. I know my quarterbacks, it's very not Pinteresty. Um, they just hang up a little piece of paper in their locker. They write quotes on there. They write when they had a good game or a good performance. But they both work the same, right? I mean, Abs- 100%. Yep. Some, and some of the golfers I work with carry around a bag or a cart, so it's easier for them to just put a little card on there or print off a picture um, that, that's got some of the, the good positive things they've done in the past yeah. that kind of help their confidence. So we have all of this stuff. This is a lot of information And as a coach, how do I get my players to use it? If I'm a player right now, an athlete, how do I use this right now? Or how do I get my child to use all this information to be confident right now, tomorrow, and in the future? So it's just use it. Put put it into practice right now in real life. Whether that's heading out to the driving range or a practice round or you're just going to throw seven on seven or whatever it is in practice, Use those tools and talk to yourself the right way and have good body language and focus on the right things. And when you feel yourself start to get negative or you feel yourself start to doubt, have have a plan in place and say, no, this is what I'm going to focus on. This is how I'm going to talk to myself. This is what my body language is like and how I'm going to carry myself around. And, you know, look at look at those success boards say those positive statements to yourself. None of this stuff is like a magic wand. I I tell my players all the time, I can't just wave this over your head and all of a sudden like some magic fairy dust, you're confident. You're going to have to put in work um, and you're going to have to develop this a little bit if it's an area that you're lacking in. If you could do that, we'd be really rich. Right. We wouldn't be doing podcasts. (laughs) We'd be be retired somewhere on a beach or maybe a golf course. Yeah. Um, and, And so... But, but the, the good news is that just like lifting weights will get you stronger physically, doing these types of things are going to make you stronger mentally. Um, but you're going to have to put in a little bit of work and you're going to have to be intentional about it, which is why we call this the mental training plan. Um, and, and then we got to come up with a plan and we got to execute. We got to follow through. The last tool um, is just to help with all of this is visualization. So for everyone except those of you driving, those of you driving, please keep your eyes open. But everybody else, go ahead and just close your eyes and imagine your favorite dessert. Mm, funfetti cake. <laughs> except do it quietly. What's it look like? What's it taste like? What's it smell like? When you bite into it, where are you sitting? 
Who are you going to be around? All right, and then open your eyes back up. Basically, if we were looking at images of brain scans right there, it would look the same as if you actually took a bite of your, I believe you said Funfetti cake. Absolutely, from my wedding day, it was awesome. <laughs> there you go. Mine would be brownie Sunday. Um, it, it would look the same as if you actually did it. And the part of our brain that's responsible for kind of storing those memories doesn't necessarily distinguish between did it actually happen or did we visualize it happening. And so... If you struggle with confidence, let's say you're a, a pitcher, after you walk a batter, you can visualize seeing that batter walk over to first base. You catch that pitch, you go through your pre-pitch routine, you say something to yourself, maybe it's practicing getting your chest out and your head up, um, maybe it's making sure that you focus on the right things like, hey, I got this batter, move on to the next one. Whatever it is, you can practice doing that in your mind at home. Um, and just like, you know, sometimes you wake up from a dream and you're like, oh my goodness, that was so realistic. Right, real. mm -hmm. um, the, same can, the same can be true with visualization. The more details you can add, um, the more senses that you can get involved, things like that, the more realistic that this is going to be. Remember, these are just tools to help you Come up with a plan so that you can overcome obstacles that might paralyze your mind um, and then reach and achieve more than you ever thought possible. So our, our mission in this is just to give you some tools to help you, to help your athletes out, uh, in whatever that may be. If you missed something or you want to just check out some more stuff from our um, podcast today, go to mentaltrainingplan.com slash podcast and get all the information you want there. Uh, tune in to our next episode on controlling your energy level. Make a plan and put it to work.